on paper, like everything looked great, but inside I was pretty miserable and I was really denying that a lot, if I'm being honest, because again, like I was pretty young and I thought maybe this is all success is supposed to be. Hey, I'm Carrie. And I'm Lauren. And welcome to How'd You Learn To, the podcast dedicated to understanding the learning journey from a personal perspective. As lifelong learners who work in learning and development, we want to know more about the highs and lows of developing a new skill and the personal growth that comes along with it. Our talented friends will share their learning stories with us right here on this podcast. From that initial spark of a new interest to the aha moments when things finally click into place. We hope this podcast encourages you to take a risk, learn something new, and embrace the journey of lifelong learning. I am so excited to welcome an old friend on the pod, Sheena Brady. Now, if you know that name, it might be because you've seen Sheena or her company, Tease Wellness, on The Ellen Show, on Dragon's Den, in Indigo, in pop-up shops, all over the world. Sheena's tea company has taken off over the last 10 years, but at the beginning of that story is Sheena learning how to be a certified tea sommelier. And that's what we're going to dig in on today, is her learning journey to getting that designation. And we're going to nerd out about tea along the way. Sheena, welcome to the podcast. It is so great to have you here. So great to be here. Thank you for having me, Carrie. It is a total pleasure. So I'm going to be frank with you. You are the first and only tea sommelier I have ever met in my entire life. So when we were starting to think about this podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of. This will be a very interesting learning journey. So would love to just start at the start. What was the spark that got you started on becoming a a certified tea sommelier? Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, it's funny. I always make the joke when I explain to people I'm a certified tea sommelier. I feel like I have to add this little joke. I promise that's a real thing because (laughs) we're pretty rare and so few between. My journey actually started in hospitality. So I worked in the hospitality industry for over a decade. It was my dream to own a restaurant one day. Through that journey, I studied to be a professional wine sommelier as well, just to have that extra, just like extra experiential element in my toolkit and working in luxury hospitality. And obviously, like I had, I enjoyed wine personally as well. But I was very young when uh, I learned about the world of wine. I was actually working in New York City. And I, I think I was only 21 years old at the time. Oh, wow. So literally I, just barely able to taste Yeah, wine barely legal. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I was 21 years old now that I'm remembering it. And I remember taking the subway to Times Square. I think it was the Marriott Hotel specifically. And they had the conference room where I took this wine sommelier program called Windows on the World by Kevin Zreely. This guy was like OG in, in the world of wine, really cool and well-respected. And I remember my first day, I wanted to run out of there so quickly. And at first I was excited, but when I sat down and we started to get into some what they considered very basic tastings, I remember this woman beside me, and I'll never forget this moment, she was swirling this Pinot Noir and Kevin called on her and said, what what notes are you picking up out of it? What nuances? And she swirls it around and she smells it and she says, it smells like hints of pencil shavings. And it seems like there must have been a drought that year before the harvest. And I'm just sitting there. <laughs> are you kidding me right now? What the heck have I gotten myself into? I will never get to the level of sophisticated palate where I can pick up notes of pencil shavings and if there was a drought. Flash forward, I lead into the tea sommelier journey. 
I had the pleasure of working in New York City, which led me to California. And when my visa was up, I went, I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I decided, okay, let's give Toronto a shot. So that led me to the Shangri-La Hotel. And when I got there, I really just wanted to get my hands on their wine menu because by this time I had quite a few years of that professional wine sommelier background under my under my belt. And I did end up finishing that wine sommelier program. I should add, I did go, I did stay in the class. I did stick it out. <laughs> you were um, tasting the pencil shavings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was uh, really excited to get my hands on their wine menu. And the general manager at the hotel laughed like kindly. But basically said, we don't need you to do our wine menu. We have a soon-to-be master wine sommelier who's already oh got it under control. But we want you to do the tea menu. And I was taken aback at first. And I think, frankly, I think I was insulted. And I made a comment saying, no, I'm pretty sure I'm capable of doing more than just getting Lipton's and Red Rose and calling it a day. <laughs> and... For, for, that's when he was very quick to correct me. He said, no, he's like, let me teach you something really important and fundamental about Shangri-La hotels as a brand. We're very much considered the Four Seasons of Asia. And tea is at the root of our culture throughout Asia. And tea is very much a gesture of hospitality, of connection, of community, of conversation. And you're always in good company with a cup of tea, essentially. Mm -hmm. and, and he said, I want you to curate minimum 75 different blends from around the world and not only curate a library of 75 different tea blends from around the world but also implement cultural tea ceremonies and train the staff on how to perform cultural tea ceremonies and I looked at him dead in the eye and I said no problem I, I, I got this and then I walked away thinking shit what am I gonna do and I don't even drink tea Wow. So you weren't even a tea drinker. No. In fact, I was the complete opposite. If anyone listening has ever worked in hospitality, it is a grind. Like you're working nights, weekends, holidays. I would proudly show my 70-hour pay slip as like a badge of honor. And I cringe thinking back on those days. But it took copious amounts of coffee for me to get through those days. Like the last thing on my mind was enjoying a cup of tea. And that's actually a really important point of, of my story. Like the fact that I was in, uh, having so much coffee to get through my shifts. I was drinking seven, seven or eight espressos a day on average. Mm. And plot twist, obviously, that did very little to help with my already existing insomnia, digestion, anxiety <laughs> challenges. It only amplified them, obviously, as, as time went on. I, I basically tell this general manager, no problem, I got this. I can make this tea menu. But at the same time, I've never drank tea in my life. And so I Google. <laughs> How to Good first instinct. That's what you yes, should do. Exactly. Everything's figureoutable, right? So I Google what are the differences between the types of tea or how to prepare a tea program. And what came up was the Tea and Herbal Association of Canada. And they offered a, a certified tea sommelier program. And I thought, oh, bingo, like this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. And I did not admit to the GM that I didn't drink tea at the time, but I did put a compelling case together to say, will you invest in this education for me to become a certified tea sommelier so that I can deliver this world-class PR-worthy tea program that, that you're dreaming of? And they did. What I'm hearing is that this wasn't so much like a long spark, something that you were interested in for a long period of time. It's more like a pivot away from, from being a wine sommelier and that expertise a pivot out of necessity saying, yes, I can do this. 
When, after you started taking this course and learning about tea, did you know that this was going to be something long-term? Not at first. And I I am the first to admit that my ego can get the best of me. I simply said yes to do the tea program to simply prove that I could do it It, as if it was not (laughs) rooted in passion. It was nothing like that at all. However, that's where the interesting twist to my, my story changes. Once I stepped foot into that tea sommelier program, what I learned immediately is the correlation between tea and wine are actually not too dissimilar. For example, when you think about wine and essentially where they come from, which is grapes, you have red grapes and you have white grapes. And from there you have tons of different varietals, but it still comes fundamentally from the the grape and that vine. The difference between each of those varietals is essentially how the grapes are processed, how they're harvested, the climate, the geography, all of that, right? Whether or not there's a drought that year. And that really all goes into the final beverage. And so with tea, it's actually very similar. All tea comes from the exact same plant. So when I talk about tea, literal tea, so black tea, white tea, green tea, oolong, and pu'er tea, they all come from the exact same plant. It's called Camellia sinensis. And the difference between those five different core varietals of tea and then therefore all the the way they all branch out from there into hundreds of different kinds is essentially, again, how they're harvested, how they're processed, the geography. That's essentially what makes that what ends up in your cup. And a clarifying point for anyone listening too, I think we often use herbal ingredients interchangeably as tea. So when we say like chamomile tea or mm-hmm. like lavender tea, technically that's not tea. It's, it's an herbal tisane and it's like a just it's a completely different category on its own. But when I say tea, I do mean the literal five actual mm-hmm. teas and all the different types of teas that kind of fall beneath. I am amazed Absolutely. because you said this was like not something rooted in passion, but it's clear that you're very passionate about it. And I'm curious about like where along this learning journey, either during the tea sommelier courses or after you presented this menu of teas at the Shangri-La, when did you realize that this is something you actually really enjoy and wanted to dedicate your life to? Uh, almost immediately, because not only did I find such commonality between the quite literal sense between grapes and the mm-hmm. Camellia sinensis plant and, and the commonalities that I just shared and find that so fascinating on how you can have just this beautiful, simple plant and, and have it create something so incredible. But also that at its core, again, tea is that gesture of hospitality and, and hospitality is in my DNA, frankly. I really do enjoy entertaining and hosting and really creating an experiential environment whenever whenever I can or being in an experiential in- environment for that matter. And it, it just really clicked that when that GM said tea is a gesture of hospitality, I rolled my eyes at the time. But then when I was actually in it and learning about it, I'm like, no, wow, I actually get it. There's so much connection through a cup of tea. I think you have a very unique journey because the typical story we hear is I saw it on TV or I saw someone else do it and I just got really jazzed to try it. And then I tried it and I loved it. What would you say was like the first big obstacle? Like at what point was your passion for this tested? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely had those terrifying flashback moments of the pencil shaving lady in my tea program a Which few is times. totally fair. I would have flashbacks too. <laughs> yeah. But my first, one of my first exams, there were 10 different teas basically brewed in front of you and they were all arranged from darkest color to lightest color. In sipping each tea as a professional tea sommelier, I had to identify with those 10 different teas brewed in front of me, not only 
um, what type of tea it was, but what region of the world it came from just from tasting. And that was a little bit terrifying. <laughs> no kidding. So what was that? How did you do? I got, I think my final exam, I got a nine out of 10, which was pretty solid, yes. but it took a lot of practice leading up to it <laughs> for sure. And thank goodness, like we had our own packages that we were, we got to take home with us to brew them on our own and like really pick up those nuances and what makes those teas unique and be able to have them stand out. And I get like very nerdy about those details now over time. When, for example, if you have two different types of green tea in front of you, I can actually identify in front of you which one comes from China and which comes from Japan just simply from tasting. So um, the listeners, the sound you're hearing is me and Lauren being amazed. Our that's jaws what that are on the was. floor. <laughs> <laughs> so you've brought up this pencil shavings lady a few times, and I think she's a fun, a fun stand-in for the gatekeeping that may exist within the world of sommelier, whether it's tea or, or wine. And I'm curious if after you finish this course and, and develop this stronger passion for tea, if you discovered a community of other tea aficionados and maybe who were not as like gatekeepy as this person you encountered early days in your uh, wine experience. Oh, absolutely. And I think that actually is the beauty of the, the tea sommelier program that's offered by the Tea and Herbal Association of Canada. It really attracts professionals from all walks of life. And so I not only found a community within the professional tea sommeliers that I was studying with at the time, but after the fact as well, I learned about all kinds of events that I didn't even know existed, like the tea and chocolate festival or like the tea expo. And there's all kinds of things out there. We, I, I'd love to pivot for just a second and talk a little bit about what does mastery look like in the world of being a tea sommelier? Like we, we often hear about people talk about I thought it was like this and this. Turns out it's actually that and that. What does mastery look like and how do you know you've achieved it? I, I know that I'm far from achieving mastery, but I would say those blind tastings are definitely a sign of it. And even though I could do from one to 10, like these were very specific ones that I had been studying for weeks at a time. There are serious tea professionals out there who can just have something completely obscure and they can identify it like this super aged pu'er from China and be able to call out all these wonderful nuances and historical information about it. There are some incredible experts out there who are able to formulate different blends of different tea and botanical ingredients and have these like exceptional flavor profiles where flavor meets functionality and has a functional element to support your well-being while also tasting a certain way as well and it being very consistent with every cup that's being sold it's pretty incredible you have a tea company which is amazing and i've had a bunch of them and they're actually they're incredible we love them in our house but like as far as the actual like tea sommelier piece are you i'm in a groove this is where i want to be or is there anything like left for you to achieve in that arena i think that the tea sommelier education and experience has been incredible for me, but also an ongoing journey. Like I, I'm still very much an active part of the Teen Herbal Association of Canada as a member. And so I've taken different courses on herbalism, studying like herbs and botanicals, for example. And so I'm a lifelong learner about tea and botanicals. It doesn't ever stop for me. But honestly, what was probably more important for me that I, I realized in, in my tea journey was the idea of however you're feeling, there is a tea for that. 
And going back to when I, I talked about enjoying copious amounts of coffee, which was awful. Again, I had very bad anxiety, insomnia, and digestion challenges throughout my entire 20s. So when I discovered the world of tea and functional botanicals, I realized, oh, wait a minute, there's an alternative here. If I want a little bit more energy, I can reach to yerba mate instead of that third espresso in the afternoon and get more of a slow released caffeine boost that's sustainable and doesn't give me the crash and jitters the way coffee does. Or if I'm having feeling a little bit anxious, I can enjoy a blend of like peppermint and rooibos and that not only helps to calm the nerves but also settle your tummy and settle any digestive challenges you might be feeling in that moment. If I wanted a good night's rest, it's however you're feeling there's a tea for that. And, And that for me was that aha moment for many reasons. Number one, it was like, oh, I just discovered this beautiful, like additional puzzle piece to like building the ultimate investment, like in in my well-being. Like when we talk about supporting your physical and mental being, it takes many things, right? And it takes consistency and daily consistent habits. I'm like, oh, wow, tea is like a beautiful tool to incorporate in those daily rituals. But the way tea can just really support you to live and lead your life more in- intentionally. I know that sounds so woo, but like I genuinely believe that. <laughs> no, it comes, you like you are authentic, like you are so authentically passionate about this and it, it like. It's infectious. Thank you. So that was really the big aha, uh, like light bulb moment for me in terms of realizing tea and the world of botanical herbal ingredients is going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life and, and every day. So thinking about the the learning journey of it all, It seems like this was a learning journey out of necessity and really like a taking advantage of an opportunity that was presented to you and and just letting this fall into place. I'm wondering where else you may have applied this type of learning and taking advantage of this opportunity in your life. One important thing to add is that in my decade of working in hospitality, even though externally, I'm pretty sure it seemed like it looked like I was quote unquote killing it. Because I had gone to school for hospitality, I was getting paid pretty well to do the thing that I went to school for. On paper, everything looked great. But inside, I was pretty miserable. And I was really denying that a lot, if I'm being honest. Because, again, I was pretty young and I thought, maybe this is all success is supposed to be. You go to school, you do the thing you go to school for, and then you get paid to do the thing that you go to school for. If you're lucky, a lot of people don't. I'm pretty lucky and privileged that that ended up being my path organically, getting paid well to do the thing. I'm pretty well respected in my industry. Suck it up, Sheena. You're you're fine. But the reality is the nights, weekends, holidays, all of that, that I was sacrificing in those 70-hour weeks, I didn't have connections with anybody outside of those four walls, right? My family gave up seeing me on any holidays because, hello, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be working in, in hospitality. And then I mentioned the anxiety and all of that and the coffee amplifying all of that. And I was just a bit of a, a hot mess off and on through that time. And What's interesting is that journey of the Shangri-La sparked this unexpected passion into the world of tea and kind of opened up this new interest, this new possibility. And at that same time, I'd say maybe about like a month or so after becoming a professional tea sommelier and discovering that however you're feeling, there's a tea for that, I started blending my own formulations out of my tiny condo in Toronto. And I started to create these blends to just make myself feel better. And then I slowly was like sharing that with like people around me, like, hey, I have this little side hustle that I started. Do you want to try some and what have you? And it, I had a couple people that were like raising their eyebrows, like that's interesting, but odd, like maybe you should focus on your day job kind of thing. But I will say misery definitely caught 
up with me because even though I had that glimpse into passion that I ended up getting fired from that hotel. It was nothing related to starting like a side hustle or anything like that that I'm aware of. It's not what the HR told me anyway. But they, that would be actionable if they did say that. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Yeah, I was let go without cause as far as I'm aware. And I knew it was really because the fact that I was miserable on the inside was starting to seep on the outside, right? Like when you have, when you're exuding an energy that's not your best self, when you show up negative. Especially in hospitality. Especially in hospitality, despite your best intentions of trying to hide it and force it down and it still comes out. So the misery caught up with me. I got fired. And then when I got fired, that was like my version of mini existential crisis slash rock bottom at the time because here I was I had given over a decade of my life to the world of hospitality and it was the thing I went to school for the thing that I got paid to do and all that and I was fired and made to be feel disposable in an instant and that really hurt and I think maybe logically most people would be like again suck it up go get another job in hospitality if you're experienced you'll be fine but that quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. It's like, why would I subscribe to that again? Why would I just go throw myself into another job in hospitality and work 70 hours a week and be miserable and all of that, especially because now I had this spark, like I had this little tiny flare spark inside me discovering the world of tea. It really wasn't even a side hustle. It was like a glorified side hobby at the time, really. But I was passionate about it. And I thought, OK, wait a minute. This is like the one positive little thing that I have in my life right now that I really want to harness and see where it goes. And yeah, so I decided to really focus on that and find a job that would be like have hours that'd be conducive of me having this company that I could grow. Because obviously you don't pay the bills overnight by hawking tea to your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Takes a little bit more than that, right? Flash forward maybe two months after that, having a catch up and I was like, I want to find a job, but like, I don't have a lot of transferable skills. All I know is hospitality. And he said, you mentioned you started like your store on Shopify. And I said, yeah, but it's a joke. I had $500 in inventory and like a free trial plan and that's it. And he said, would you consider applying for support? So I started in support and I ended up growing both my tea company and uh, my credit Shopify in parallel for the following eight years, basically. Incredible. And so thank you. And Tease um, was really rooted in my desire to bring my blends and formulations to others to um, discover ways to support their everyday wellness rituals as well. And I'm, I'm really proud to share that TC is going on 10 years old this November. And it's more than a side hustle. It might look like we've popped up overnight and doing big things. But let me tell you, it's been a decade in the making uh, to get where we are today. And we have customers in over uh, 30 countries, and we're supported by over 400 retail partners across Canada and the U.S. Yeah, I feel like anytime I go into like a cute gift shop or a department store now, I'm always like scanning for teas and just like throwing my hands in the air when I see it because it's just, it's you. your story is so inspirational. And yeah, we're totally rooting for you. So where can the people find the tea? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us at teaswellness.com, T-E-A-S-E wellness.com. And if you're in Canada and you prefer to go somewhere IRL, you can find us at all Indigo locations across the country. And that's a partnership that we're super proud of that we just kicked off this year. And yeah, you can also on our website, click our stockist locator at the bottom of our website to find a retail partner near you. 
Wonderful. And get nerdy for a second. What is your favorite new blend right now? What would you recommend to the first time buyer? It's so funny because I've been like, I have been asked this question a lot and I always say the same answer. And I always think someday it's going to be so popular and so mainstream and it won't stay off the shelves, but it never happens. So it's called Yerba Mate, which I was alluding to earlier. Ma- yeah, you mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. So Yerba Mate is a plant that's native to, I'm going to get, okay, do I actually have permission to be nerdy about it? Okay. 100%. All right. So Yerba Mate is a plant that's native to South America. So it's super commonly consumed for, oh my God, probably over a century throughout like Brazil and Paraguay and Argentina. And it basically is the super freak of tea, I like to say. And maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I think part of my, I think I hold like part of my identity in in Yerba Mate. I feel like I'm the super freak of like my own world in a way. And like Yerba Mate is the super freak of its own world. Um, So the reason why it's the super freak is because, you know, I was talking about earlier how all tea comes from the same plant. And all those teas contain caffeine by the way. And so everything else is considered an herbal. So whether it's chamomile, lavender, you name it, it does not have caffeine. And that's just like the super easiest way to distinguish what is a tea versus what's not a true tea, right? But your mate is, oh, now hold my beer. <laughs> not only am I not a true quote unquote tea, but I'm also not really a true herbal because I am an outlier and I do contain caffeine, but I contain scientifically a different strain of caffeine compared to the tea plant and the coffee plant. And I will give you that, again, that slow, consistent release of caffeine throughout the day, and you won't get the crash or jitters like you do with coffee. And also, you can re-steep me many times and catch like flavor nuances with every time that you re-steep me, and it's a new adventure. And yeah, loaded in antioxidants. There's loaded with L-theanine, which is the, the chemical compound in your brain that helps with just supporting calm and mood stabilizers. Ramate does a lot of things. It gives you energy, but it also gives you calm and focus. And for a while there, there were like CEOs in Silicon Valley that were swearing by your Ramate to really help boost their creativity, their calm, their flow. So yeah, it's a very underrated beverage in North America. And I'm waiting for it to become mainstream, but it hasn't had its moment. You're trying to make yerba mate happen. I'm trying. but And that's why I sell four different blends of yerba mate and nobody else does that. Right on. Sheena, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been uh, such an incredible conversation. I've learned so much. It's been fun for me. I never get invited anywhere to just nerd out on tea. This is awesome. So thank you. That was so much fun. Such a, such I a blast. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. What were some of your takeaways? So I had a lot of takeaways. I mean, the first one is I really need to get into tea. But in terms of learning, I'm really interested in the way that Sheena's journey was born out of necessity. It Mm. wasn't that she had this long-term interest in tea and she had this vision for herself about where her business would be. She sort of dove right in. It was more following it inch by inch, day by day, and really following a passion. And that's something that is really important about a learning journey, no matter what it is you're diving into. It's mm. learning for learning's sake, finding fulfillment in, in the learning journey itself. We're always thinking about how we can monetize our passion, how we can, yeah. you know, what's, what's the long game here. And yeah. uh, for Sheena, it was really just, this is something I'm interested in. She was fired from her job. And instead of going right back into the grind, she was like, let's take a, let's take a beat. Think about yeah. what I really want to do and following that passion is is where she 
ended up. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Okay, mine's mine's like a learning, but also a bit of a concern. I want to go back go to in. pencil shavings lady. Who, <laughs> if, if you're listening, pencil shavings lady, we apologize for calling you pencil <laughs> shavings lady like seventeen times. You're so much more than just pencil shavings lady to us. We don't know who you are, but I'm sure you're a great person. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, that's my point. Mm-hmm, is like right. we because we, we dunked on her. We set her up as a bit of a straw person. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's our gatekeeper or whatever. But when I think back on that story, she didn't do anything wrong. The course instructor was like, what do you taste? And she's like, I taste this thing. And it, it had a negative impact on mm-hmm. Sheena. And and that's like totally Sheena's right. But it wasn't, there was no malicious intent. It was like mm-hmm. accidental gatekeeping. So I wonder in the you know few areas in my life where I have achieved some level of mastery, mm-hmm. I wonder if I have ever been pencil shavings lady. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I think about this all the time, especially as I get older in my life and I want to be perhaps like a mentor to other folks. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a snob about it. Exactly. Less about like your perception is wrong. Let me tell Mm -hmm. you what your perception should be. And more like, I need to more deeply understand your perception Mm. in order to like, like maybe bring you a little bit further along on this journey. Absolutely. And really empathize with different perspectives. Love that. Empathize with different perspectives. I mean, that's a pretty good note to end on. So this has been How'd You Learn To? I'm Carrie O'Brien. I'm Lauren Ram. And we'll see you on future episodes. Ciao for now.